Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Rights Kickfighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of several ways, but the most efficient way is to enter Warman Kickfighting Show into the iTunes search engine. Also, my blog, lordgaul.podbean.com. Um, unfortunately, the sickness got me. Uh, I do not know if I specifically got COVID. Uh, but I definitely had the flu and I was laid up for a couple weeks and, uh, just wasn't at my best. But, uh, in the meantime, when that was happening, you know, uh, uh, kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai, uh, there've been a lot of cards that have popped up lately and that's been really good for kickboxing and, and for the excitement of things to come, uh, Gloria announced another card. Uh, they announced that Rico, uh, and, um, Ben Sadiq are going to do it again on the 30th of uh, January, so it's an exciting time. I'm excited to come sit down and talk about some fights, and uh, we've been missing it. But despite the fact that in some parts of the world, COVID is still really, really bad, we are starting to see the high-level uh, kickboxing cards get announced again. You know, uh, whether they've got crowds or not, we're starting to see it. One championship, they started off real slow. In the beginning, they only did shows in Thailand, and now they've been going back to their home base of Singapore, and they're doing shows without audiences. But in the, the main thing is we're seeing high-level kickboxing stars get the opportunity to compete again and that is really really important and that's what we need to push the sport forward and that's going to make it you know for us as martial arts fans kickboxing fans we're excited to see the best again so go ahead and go through it Murat Gorian gets a victory over Ivan uh, Kontratov uh, that was a featherweight featherweight of course for um, one championship is the same as lightweight for the rest of the world um, but that went down uh, just past Friday, December uh, 4th here in Singapore. Ivan showed a lot. He showed a lot of skills. He's very good. Anytime you see that they brought in a Russian amateur, go ahead and just add on, you know, 100 fights to whatever you think you've got, he's got. Because uh, he's a competitor, and he came out. He did some slick things in the southpaw stance. He ripped the hook and turned the back leg a lot. Uh, he moved the right way. He was able to score offense here and there. Uh, you know, with just good, steady, um, clean down the pipe kickboxing. Which, of course, if you ever seen Marat Gregorian fight, he's available. Gregorian will always be there. And the reason why he's always going to be there is because he's coming to kill you. Like, he is staying right in the pocket. He's going to push the pace. He's going to bring the pressure. He's going to throw combos and low kicks. If you're on the escape, he's going to do a combo after you with the low kick. He is on the pursuit. He did a lot of good things. In this, of course, because he's Gregorian, one of the top five fighters in the world in kickboxing. Um, but the thing that I think uh, really impressed a lot of people about uh, Kondratev was, I think Kondratev did a good job of scoring, understanding that he was going to get hit, but being able to move just the right way for most of the fight. Couldn't do it for the whole fight, but for most of the fight, he was able to do it. So I look at that, and I look at his skill, and I look at what he put together offensively, Um and it just reminds me of how important it is for a young star to go against a veteran guy. It's part of the development. I've told you guys this on the podcast a million times, a million times, making a million and one. When Stefan Lacko beat Badahari the first time, the spinning back kick to the body, and afterwards he's sitting there and he's talking, he goes, hey, 
he's a young guy who's going to have a bright future. Uh, and, you know, he was just, you know, bigging himself and he's like, you know, confident and talking trash and being brash. He goes, there's nothing wrong with that. He said, when I was 20 years old, I went against Ernesto Hoost. So when Botter, 19, 20 years old, when he gets the opportunity to go against Stefan Lecco, it is the same game. You know, it is the young star going against the veteran name. So for Ivan, that's what happened this weekend. They got to build on it, of course. Like, if they just use him this time and we don't hear from him for a year, that's going to be whack. But they've got to keep giving this guy opportunities, and then you'll be able to build the next generation of star. And that's the one thing that kind of one shape HF and everybody else in the world's working on. How do we make new stars? Uh, one did a good job, especially at the uh, lightweight division, uh, or featherweight for them, of going out and getting the best names in the world that are already established in the division, you know? So they did a good job there, um, which is an, a good and bad because in some ways, because they did that, when this fight was announced, everybody was like, wait a minute, Gregorian came over and that's the fight that they're going with? So in some ways, it's bad if you have that lineup and you don't put them together. But it's always, always, always good for young, new spot stars New fighters to get the opportunity to go against established names because they could be your star down the road. So good stuff here. Uh, Ivan did a great job at one period of time. He did a great job of sending a left hand down the pipe and then he ripped the right hook. And he did this as Marat Gregorian was coming in. The right hook scored. Uh, flash knockdown for Gregorian. Took the count. Battle right back because he's Gregorian. The thing that makes him so hard is this. You can touch him. Like I said before, you can hit him. But Marat Gregorian... If you hit him in the body, which is what uh, uh, Kondratev de- did, it hurts, but he's still going to move forward because he's a monster. If he hits you in the body, it hurts, but it's worse because he's already pressuring you. He's already pushing you. He already has you on the back foot. So you spend the whole round with this guy all over you, uh, landing offense, and then just and as he was trying to escape, the shot to the body just ripped it just the right way. I believe it's left hook. Ripped just the right way, and uh, he went down and took a knee. People wondered if he was going to make the count, and then they saw that he wasn't. So Maraka Gorian gets a big-time KO to the body, gets a good debut. You know, it's hard to believe that. You know, he uh, started this year off, you know, uh, or he started um, uh, last year was one of the better years in kickboxing for a kickboxer ever by Marat Gregorian. A really, really good year. So then this year, of course, we're excited to see him. Then, of course, you know, he he doesn't get the opportunity because of COVID, gets signed to one championship, finally gets an opportunity to go out there. Uh, He should be nothing but proud of himself. He really did go out and put on a good show. Good stuff for him. Andy Sauer goes against Zhang Shunyu. And I've mentioned this before. A all-time great fighter that keeps fighting on may not be able to stay great for long periods of time, but you get the right opponent in front of them, they will show flashes of what they looked like when they were in their prime. Andy Sauer, on this particular day, had a throwback-the-clock type performance, and he showed flashes of the guy who was so, so good at one period of time, was one of the best on the planet at one period of time. And it was really cool to see. You know, that's just really, really cool to see. His combination of inside leg work was just absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, his boxing, the slight movement. Zhang Chunyu had some moments where he was trying to get back into the fight and find his own power boxing, but Andy was just a step ahead. It was perfect matchmaking, if you want to be honest. He really did put together a smooth, I'm telling you, his combination work and then finishing to the inside leg 
everybody who watched it, it like on Twitter, I, I said it put a smile on my face because he's older and you're seeing him get stopped and you're seeing him not look his best and you forget that Andy was great once. Like, not good, great. Andy was great. Um, you, you look at the Virgil Calcutta fight. You look at uh, the, um, you know, the early Masato fight. Um, he really is a great, great fighter, you know, and he's got a Yotes and Clyde win, you know, back when they were younger and, you know, he's, he's just had a great run. And at the end of his career, he kept going and he's losing the guys who you're like, there's no way in a billion years he would ever lose to this guy this prime. So for him to get the opportunity to go out there and flash what he used to be, it just kind of brought a smile to my face. It was really, really, really super cool. So hopefully we'll be able to see that and build on that. This week, we've got a couple of fights with some names that we know. We're going to keep staying in uh, one championship for a little bit here. The uh, big one for me on uh, the main event is uh, Teiko Nato. He's going to take on Jonathan Haggerty and Full Rules Muay Thai. I've got Haggerty winning this fight, but it's not just that I, I think he's going to win. He's such a talent. He, we would really need, I'm really hoping that he gets a style on him type performance. Because Haggerty's good, and uh, he's one of the future fighters of Full Rules Muay Thai. I don't know what's happening with one championship because um, uh, I just, they haven't laid out kind of like a big plan yet, you know. They'll kind of announce a fight here and there, whatever, but they don't have like a year schedule. They just kind of put something together here and there. But for those who are in England, and I brought this up before, England and Australia, I would say those are two of the bigger Full Rules Muay Thai, you know, uh, countries for competition in the world and i would say the only thing better would be uh of course thailand but the reason why i bring this up is they have always felt like making it in the sport is if someone brings you in from outside of you know to their country from your country so i remember when lion fight was popular for a little bit a lot of people wanted the lion fight opportunity because to them that was making it if someone puts the money into bringing you from England all the way over to Las Vegas, a lot of people thought that was making it. So when one championship came around, and again, the, the details of, you know, of course we all know one championship's got questionable crowds, you know, they gave tickets away, and uh, they, they kind of do it more for the show and the production, uh, but um, it's not like even fighting in England when there's a big fan base that's all paid to come see you compete and so on. But they've all fought in England. They've all fought in Australia. So when someone from England gets the opportunity to fight in Singapore or Japan or whatever, to them, that's making it in the sport. So for Haggerty, who's had those opportunities, and he's kind of a star that's, you know, he kind of built his name while he was in um, uh, uh, England, but he really built on it with some of his performances in one championship. This is another one of those opportunities because he's the main event. And so you've got to get behind this guy. You've got to push this guy. I'm excited to see what's going to happen to him moving forward. But, man, this is a showcase where we really want him to put on the right type of show. Next, we've got Nicky Holskin, and he goes against Elliot Compton. Elliot Compton and his team, shout out to them. They really push and work hard to give him opportunities. And uh, whether it's glory or it's one championship or it's wherever, they as a team sit down and just send out message after message looking to get him an opportunity. So I'm glad he's getting this opportunity here. Um, good talent from Australia, but he's never shown the greatness. You know, like at some period of time, 
John Wayne Parr showed greatness. And at some period of time, Bruce, Bruce Preacher McPhee showed greatness. Uh, Nathan Cornish Corp Carnage. Excuse me, Nathan Carnage Corbett showed greatness. Steve McKinnon showed greatness. There are, there are people who, at some period of time, you look at them and you go, this is different, this kid's special, this kid's going to be able to do something. Compton has had some good opportunities, but we just missed out on that big performance against that big elite guy. So now he's got Nicky Holtzkin, and Nicky's older, not what he used to be, but still really, really good. This is a good opportunity for Compton to really put on the kind of show to prove that he can be a legit name more so than just a journeyman type name. Uh, but Nikki Holtzkin is Nikki Holtzkin. And if there's someone that it's going to be difficult to see the combination of low kick flow uh, fade, it's going to be him because that's his game. He's going to stay in the pocket. He's going to pressure you down. He's going to let his combos go, find his kicks on the end of it. Uh, he's going to be savvy enough to make you miss just a little bit, and he's going to be patient. He's going to find his moment to the body. So clearly you got to go Nicky Holtzkin. Uh, Elliot Compton's going to be game. He's going to put on a good performance, and you never know, right? Shot hits, you're in great shape. But this is for sure a huge step up for Elliot Compton, and this is for sure a really good opponent style-wise for Nicky Holtzkin. It is going to be tough for... Compton to keep him off. Holtzkin's just too good, just too smooth, just too good with the boxing to the low kick play. He's just going to be a tough guy. So, good stuff there. Rad Uppock goes against Errol Zimmerman, and let me tell you something. I thought it was really cool to see Errol Zimmerman here. Errol Zimmerman is not what he used to be. Uh, I just, you know, I've been making fight highlights and stuff like that and talking about, you know, just great kickboxing and kickboxers and entrances. You know, uh, just things that I've been working on as a treat to kickboxing fans. Um, and Zimmerman came up several times. Uh, and I just remember Zimmerman and his attitude as a young person. Uh, they kind of took on the persona that Botter had when he first got in. Botter would always talk about how he is legitimately uh, uh, the young superstar and everybody else is too old. And, you know, it's uh, the kind of thing that you want to see executed at a high level like just you know like like a, he just he, he was young and he is confident and he threw pans and he you know he beat some really good guys like and it's what you want to see you know when you get a young star but flash forward now he's in his mid-30s uh he had an okay run in glory early and then later he started to get stopped and he wasn't himself um he just got older you know and it happens to us all but the guy can still kickbox and if he gets the right guy in front of him, let him get those combination flows going with the low kick on the end, he's going to be trouble. So definitely, definitely don't rule out Zimmerman. Red uh, is a guy who, uh, is a guy who I you know, brought up on the show before. He's talented. He's young. If Zimmerman can beat him, it would go a long way. You know what I'm saying? But I like this fight. I like this matchup. And I like seeing Zimmerman. You know, it's just like you're seeing some of those old K1 names that are hanging out. Very, very important. So, good stuff there. There is a flyer that's floating around right now called the Legends of K-1. And it is set up for May 8th, in 2021, in Lyon, France. Um, I do not know what's going to end up being this card. I don't know if they're doing it as a showcase or if they're doing it as a fight event. I actually think they're doing it as a fight event. And that means guys who... 
are really good, who you thought have retired, will be back in an action. And, uh, of course, Jerome LeBanner's name right at the front. Jerome never stopped fighting. Um, Peter Ertz, we've talked about Arts, excuse me, before. Uh, we've talked about the victories that he's gotten, and he's just a super talent. And uh, uh, I saw someone, when he got a KO in 2020 last year, they said he has now gotten KO victories in four decades, which is just absolutely insanity. But Peter Arts is on this flyer. Jerome LeBanner in the middle. Remy Bonjowski, Ernesto Hoost, Mighty Mo, um, and then um, Bombardier. Uh, Bombardier is a guy who you, you would you would have to be familiar with. Uh, um, they've been doing documentaries on kind of like uh, old school Russ or you know. Uh, I won't say old school, um, African wrestling and fighting. And so Bombardier kind of comes from there. Um, I mentioned it's called The Legends of K1, and clearly I bring up Mighty Mo's name, and a million people are going to be like, Mighty Mo's not a legend. Like, they're going to say he is not that name. He made a good run, and he made some good money. But if you say... This guy is legit, and this guy is the truth, and this guy, you're wrong. Okay, you are inaccurate there, and this doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mighty Mo got some solid wins. Both the KO was really cool. Um, the, uh, oh man, he's got some good overhand wins. I'm trying to remember them all. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, um, uh, oh gosh, I'd say Raul Cadenas was probably my favorite victory of his because Raul was right in the pocket, and he was able to score knockdowns, and, and Raw was like a, a easy no-brainer. This guy's for sure gonna be in the K1 championship. Like, uh, like he's for sure going to be. Um, uh, excuse me. Like, like a good fighter who's gonna put on a good show. But in no way would anybody say Mighty Mo's gonna win the championship. And you could see it. The older Peter Arts ran right over him after he pulled off that victory over Raw Kindness. Arts fought him in the first round. And just ran right through him. You know what I'm saying? Like, just shows how good he is with his talent. Uh, Mo had, but he made some good money. Had a good run. He had some upsets in tournaments. Uh, you know, he was able to beat Carter Williams. Um, so, he's a name, but I don't know if I'm going to say legend. That's just me personally. So, um, good stuff for these guys. If they're able to find some opponents for them to come and put on a good showcase and look good. So, that would be really, really cool if that happens. But... Do not hold your breath on that one. <laughs> so, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a couple of other things. Um, I, I kind of brushed over it quick, but uh, the contract situation that I'd heard with uh, Ben Sadiq um, is that for him to resign, one of the big things that he really wanted was the opportunity to compete and uh, fight Rico. Like, it's a fight that he wants. Because I've mentioned it before, I went out to, you know, 2011, I go out to Holland, and I'm doing an interview with uh, Simon Roots, who ran his showtime at the time, and then he goes, I truly believe that Rico over here is going to be the future of kickboxing, he's going to be the best kickboxer in the world, uh, he's going to be the future of the heavyweight division. Then the next day he loses by KO to... Jamal Ben Sadiq. Ben Sadiq, super young at the time, 1920. Both guys were really young. So then after that, Rico put together the resume that made him an all-time great kickboxer. Put together a great resume. 
Ben Sadiq had some good opportunities. He's got some good wins. Uh, you know, um, you can argue, argue for sure he's in the top three. But then they meet, and after winning round one, uh, Sadiq won round one. Uh, Rico took over rounds, the rest of the rounds, and then he knew, okay, he's in trouble. I'm going to try to get him out of there. He got the KO in the fifth round. Since that day, Ben Sadiq's actually had some good success. He's had some losses, but he's had some good success, and he's wanted that opportunity. So for these two heavyweight guys to get together and bang it out again should be a lot of fun. And Rico, it's funny because they ask Rico, you know, kind of what's his future going to be? Does he want to fight? Does he want to do MMA? Seems like he's good with kickboxing and acting. So if that's his future, I'm excited for him, and uh, I'm glad that he's getting those opportunities. But he's such a good kickboxer, and it was such a special moment one year ago when he fought Rico. Uh, excuse me, when he fought Botter, I really want this guy to compete. And I'm excited anytime I see that his name's on a card and uh, that he's coming back. And it's just, he's a special talent. It's really cool that I got to see him fight at 18 years old all the way to being the best fighter in the world. I was there live to see him fight at 18 years old in Holland a couple times. So I'm really, really excited for him and hoping that he has the kind of, you know, uh, these two put on the kind of performance that kind of just gets you excited. So... Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody's got their opinions. Not everyone is the biggest fan of the gaps. You know, you want to see the, your best stars fight all the time, but man, this guy, when he does compete, he is must see. He's must see TV. So a couple other things of note I wanted to bring up, uh, Yotin, uh, Chai, uh, got a victory at uh, road to one earlier today, uh, big time elbow KO. Um, sh shout out to Beyond Kickboxing for posting that, but he definitely, he's a talented guy, and it should get him a contract in one championship, but the problem, of course, as I mentioned before, it's just, we want to build our stars to the best of our ability, and if someone does get the opportunity to fight one championship, the it's got to be more than just you're making an appearance, it's got to be this is a star that we're going to build. And they've done it, and they've worked on it. You know, that's what's looking like it's going to happen with Wonder Girl. Uh, it's looking like what they tried to do with Stamp, probably not to our benefit, but it's what they tried to work with Stamp. They have an understanding that if we get a new star, we got to get behind them and push them. So I'm excited there. Um, other than that, um, I'll just bring it up just because some people have mentioned it. Uh, K1 Super Lightweight Champion, um, Hideki Yamazaki, who we've talked about on the show before, he's got some good solid wins, got a win over Masami Masaki Nori. There's a video out there. He gets knocked out by Ryo Etaka, uh, and he posted it, you know? So we always ask the question when you see something like that, is it good for people to be knocking each other out and spawn? Now, of course, we talked about it before because the crew's got some videos like that, and it's just, just kind of how the world is. I've got no problem with people turning it up and sparring. Um, I do, um, I'm a little hesitant when people kind of glorify the idea that I got knocked out or I knocked someone out in sparring. Um, sparring should be a tool to be getting better. Now, again, this is the coaching side of me. Um, what I mean by that is this. Sometimes you lose a round because you work something. So let's say, okay, I'm in the pocket working my kickboxing. Uh, and I really want to work on my checks. And I will sometimes tell someone, go over to the person who's sparring. Can you do me a favor? Throw a lot of low kicks, throw a lot of body kicks this round. Uh, I really want to try to work on my checks. You can ask that question. You get a good partner, they'll work for you. 
Or you could have someone say, hey, man, could you really sit hard on your one-twos because I really want to see if my guard can hold up a little bit better. Or if you don't want to tell someone that, you can go out for a round and say, I'm just going to work my jab for the first minute of this round. Not going to worry about anything else. Might mean I'm going to get touched a little bit more than I want, but I really want to work on my jab. Sparring is a tool to get yourself better as a fighter. And there are different aspects of getting yourself better as a fighter. The problem with sparring is people see it as a fight without a, without a ref or a judge. So in their mind, they want to go out and score the most offense. They want to score. They want to hit the other guy way more than they hit, get hit. They want to hit the other girl way more than they get hit. Like that's just kind of the mentality. It's a tool to get yourself better. So if these guys decided to turn it up and part of the turn it up, got somebody knocked out, put on their butt, that's just how they decided to do it. They worked that out and that's how they decided to do it. Uh, I don't know if I will ever look at that and say, oh, he got a big you know, knockout in sparring. He's going to be the next champion or he's going to be B-star. This means this guy's not good anymore. That's never going to be me as, you know, just as a uh, you know, guy coming from coaching or as, you know, as a guy who just loves combat sports. I'm never going to look at that as a reflection of what happens in fight night just because I can't stretch you guys enough. I've had people come through my gym who were not good at all in the gym. It just didn't work out. But when the lights came on, they were some kind of a killer. You know, So I would say that to anybody in the world so that they would understand that just winning and sparring all the time does not necessarily translate towards winning because I've also had a kid who he's the best guy I've ever seen in the gym. But when the lights came on, he overthought things and he wasn't the most confident in and he wanted to switch and there were certain things that he wanted to go a certain way and he'd have mental lapses that he'd never have in the gym. It's not a reflection of a fight. That's the main thing I want you guys to know about sparring. It is not a reflection of a fight. The purpose of it, when it is a reflection, it is a way to work out and implement game plans. But on fight night, you turn it up so much more, uh, you, you know, the, the urgency is there and that's not what happens in sparring. Sparring, remember, you can get injured and be like, I'm done for the day. Can't do that a fight. You do that a fight, you lose money, you know, so just a different game. So I'll go ahead and wrap the show up there. Um, do my best to be consistent. Like I said, just life, you know, it just kind of happens. I got sick, had a lot of computer issues, but I'm glad that I was able to sit down and put together a kickboxing podcast for you today. Um, I do want to add one more thing because I've been seeing it float around. It is unfortunate that we didn't have the team of guys like we usually have in the IM, uh, IFM, uh, MA, um, the usual guys who are committed to pushing Muay Thai and getting the opportunity because Muay Thai really could be an Olympic sport. And today I saw that for France 2024, they're going to have breakdancing. Now, I am not, you know, I was a pop locker, you know what I'm saying? I was big into dancing in the back. A lot of you guys know I'm a very, you know, spiritual guy. I'm a very Christian guy. So if I ever went out with my friends, I'd focus on dancing. I'd be in the back break dancing and have fun doing my pop locking and so on. So I saw that France, who has a huge community of people who are into old school rap and uh, hip hop and that culture, Breakdancing is a big deal over there. So then I heard that breakdancing is going to be an Olympic sport, uh, which is, you know, done by a lot of people. There's going to be some local representatives from Japan and so on. It just hit me at how many countries do full rules Muay Thai. But this year, maybe because of COVID and less shows and no IFMA, um, we didn't have the team of people to sit down at the table 
and really push in France to bring that about. Because that's how women's boxing got into the Olympics. Because it went to England. They had a community of combat sports people uh, around boxing who really pushed to see this happen. And they were able to make it happen. So now I look at us in the boxing world, and, and or excuse me, the Muay Thai kickboxing world, and I go, do we have the ability to do that? Do we have it? And we really do. We have smart, bright people who can make it happen. But they just weren't in position this year. And France, which has a huge, huge Muay Thai kickboxing history, great promoters, that would have been a great time to push. Now, I'm not saying that it's over and that it's not coming up. But when I saw that surfing and breakdancing made it, you know, qualified today, it just made me ask how many people in the Muay Thai community of note were trying to get Muay Thai into the Olympics. Um, because France is going to be the kind of place where it would happen, you know. Um I don't think that if they were to do like Qatar or something like that, whatever, that would get kickboxing and Muay Thai in. It's for sure going to be something like a France, something like a, a, you know, a London, someone with a combat sports history. That's what's going to make it happen. So it's heartbreaking that we just didn't have the community around, or maybe they just don't have the voice that we would need to get Muay Thai kickboxing into the Olympics, either or. Uh, but wanted to bring it up just because I saw the thing with breakdancing and surfing, and I was like, you know, maybe this would have been the year. That 2024, maybe that would have been the year. But oh, one step at a time. We've got to start dealing with uh, we've got the two vaccines out there for COVID, so hopefully those are successful and the world can start getting back to normal. So grateful for everybody who took the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, hope you guys have a good day. God bless, and I'm excited to sit down and talk to you about kickboxing again. Um, Hopefully get the results from this coming up weekend and then be right back with an episode a week from today. God bless and everybody have a good one. Peace.